Hey, Yetta, are we prepared for death? We sure are. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So welcome to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker and, and my I'm sidekick. Ken Decker. <laughs> and we're excited because we get to share with you techniques, thoughts, tips, and tools that we all need. We all deserve you, I, everyone. So we get to turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. Okay, kind of serious. We're going to consider this time, like what things ought we to think about in relation to our real estate and our life before we're going to pass? Or maybe it's not just for us, it's for our loved ones. Yeah, and we're also going to consider what happens when you're buying real estate that is an estate sale. So it's that two sides of the coin, right? What do you do to prepare yourself and loved ones and what's it look like if you're purchasing an estate sale? Yeah, it's maybe a little more complicated than you've considered. You may have thought, well, that's going to be straightforward. It's just like buying another house, isn't it? Well, yes. So the and yes and no, I guess mm-hmm. is the answer, right? So the biggest distinction probably is if you're buying a home from someone that lives in the home and has lived in the home, you're likely, even in the insanity of our market over the last three years, most of the time there was still warranties built in. There was still warranties in the agreement, assurances as to what you were buying and in what condition it would be in on closing. And even so far as to say the items in the house often have warranties, not only the structural and the mechanical, but even the appliances. Occasionally you'd see an as is on, you know, something where it wasn't working quite right. But most of the time you could be assured that on closing, you could expect it to be in the condition it was in when you first saw it. Mm -hmm. And when you maybe did your building inspection, if you had that luxury or opportunity with an estate sale, properties, because they're being sold really by a third party, by the estate, which is not the person that actually owned it, then there are, generally speaking, zero assurances and warranties and no way to really hold, you can't hold the estate to anything about the condition. And so you want to be really certain that you do your due diligence. That's probably the biggest distinction. Mm Mm-hmm do your due diligence or be prepared to take the risk if you don't. Yeah. And you know what else happens frequently is um, an estate sale, the estate will want to sell the property because it's an expense and maybe there isn't enough cash flow to keep that expenses paying. If there's a mortgage on it, paying the taxes, paying the insurance, paying the heat and hydro and and all the the maintenance of a home. And they, so they want to sell it as quickly as possible, but there's a thing called probate and a thing called appointment of the estate trustee. Mm-hmm. And technically, the estate doesn't have someone that has signing authority until there's the appointment of the estate trustee. So sometimes we're taking it on, you know, faith that the person that's saying, hey, we want to put our house 
my mom's house or my dad's house or whatever the case is up for sale, we're assuming that they will become the estate trustee. But no closing can happen until that occurs. So many times also estates will wait till the probate's done, till the appointment of the estate trustee's done, because then the closing can happen immediately. And that's one of the pitfalls for people buying an estate sale where the probate hasn't happened. Right. What and when can happen Ken, there? It could. And when Ken says immediately, he doesn't mean like you sign the document saying it closes today. It probably is still going to take about 30 days just to do due diligence, legal uh, legal process, lawyers doing yeah. title search, getting Get your mortgage. Your mortgage yeah, absolutely. Your mortgage it's organized. like a typical sale. But if probate hasn't happened, especially you know when the courts were backlogged, sometimes it was taking months, six months. And so- closings had to be kept being delayed because it couldn't close because there's nobody to sign on the deed that they're transferring mm-hmm. it. Exactly. And so we would build in. Now, we did have a solution for that because sometimes the estate doesn't want to hold on any longer than necessary, whereas if they don't put their home, the home on the market until after the appointment of the estate trustee, then you still have the marketing time, then the closing period. So it's a much later closing date than it would have been if we just closed, say, 15 days after the appointment of the estate trustee. Mm-hmm. So we can build a clause into the agreement. We've done it many times. It's simple enough to do. So if you find yourself with um, someone that's passed away and you're going to be appointed as the estate trustee, you want to call us like right away, not wait until it's all said and done, because there are different strategies. There are different approaches. And we want to set up the custom approach to what suits best for your specific situation. It really isn't, well, real estate never is. It's not a one size fits all, Mm -hmm. no such thing. So we wanna look at the intricacies and really consider what is best for your particular situation. Yeah, and if you're buying, know that you're going to probably need a flexible closing, which means you need somewhere to go or you need to be able to be in a rental that you have give 60 days or two months notice, that kind of thing, or maybe you're staying with family or whatever, so that you can adjust with the closing date because it's tough. If you sell your house too soon, now you got to put everything in storage. If you don't sell it in time, maybe you don't have the money to close. So there's all kinds of issues that we help navigate both sides of the coin, right? The buyer who's looking at an estate sale and the seller who's looking at trying to sell a property through estate. Yeah. And if you're thinking, I need some more clarity, like you guys are confusing me, then a clarity (laughs) call is always available to you by just emailing us together at deckerteam.com. And if you want to stay connected between the Life's Inside Track episodes, so you have access to this kind of information as soon as it comes out and everything else that we have to share with you, again, just email us together at deckerteam.com and just say, let's stay connected. Make me part of your community, not just on the Life's Inside Track episodes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, estate sales are a very emotional, mm-hmm. sad time for many of the parties. And it makes it easier if people are prepared. That's why I said to you at the beginning, are we yeah. prepared for death? Do we have a will? Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a will and you own a piece of real estate, 
it becomes a significant issue unless there's somebody else on title other than you. Right. So I'm just going to highlight that for like just a few seconds. That's something you want to talk to your estate lawyer about as well as your accountant. Like, does it make sense to put a second party? We're just helping somebody right now. And there's a second person on title so that it doesn't actually have the same process. There's two owners and some people even transfer title altogether to a family member. So there's lots of different ways of handling it. So you want to just talk to the experts that can mm -hmm. help you again in your specific situation. Yeah. And estate planning and tax planning for the estate, we are not the experts. But what we do know is that you need an expert. And we have some great experts <laughs> we can introduce you to. Yeah. So it's important. It's very, very important. Um, you know, we went to see your aunt the other day and she's getting, you know, she's, she's really, really healthy for super healthy, you know, 80, 80. Yes. Well, not no, quite. no, don't seven. age. Sorry. Her. Sorry. She just, might be a little upset yes, with you. Yes. And you so be. the great but news we had is the though, tough we had the tough conversation. Yeah. And so what we're really saying to you is be prepared to have that tough conversation even before it's needed. Because then it is much smoother when you have to deal with the difficult situation. Mm -hmm. And we're glad that we can help position you to build wealth wisely because it's about much more than just money. Yet, what in the world do I do when the writing's on the wall? Take action fast. So we're excited that we've created for you free access to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to make the most out of your wealth, your money, and really all that comes at you. And the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office, or on the go. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet, like it's time. It's time so you can get <laughs> access to these early and quickly and get the insider information that you deserve. So we're going to explore. We've got an exploration today, don't we, Ken? Mm -hmm. And the exploration is often when a home goes power of sale, when a tragic thing happens in our life, it gets even more tragic because we don't take action when we could have. And it's not actually necessary. Most of the time we can be prepared and it doesn't eliminate the problem, but it certainly makes it better. So mm -hmm. we're going to explore how to do that. Yeah. And, you know, first of all, I think maybe we should do the definition of what a power of sale is. And power of a sale just means that somebody has loaned you money against your property. Your property is the uh, the equity in your property and the the, um, the piece of real it? estate you own. Yeah, it's it's your collateral. That's the word I'm looking for. It's the collateral for you to get the loan. Now that can be your first mortgage. It could be a second mortgage. It could be a third mortgage. Anybody who has a loan against your property can force a power of sale if you stop making payments. Now there is a distinction because some people talk about foreclosure, and foreclosure in Canada is very very rare. And a foreclosure happens frequently in the United States. And the significant difference is in foreclosure, when the person puts you under foreclosure, they get the money of the house. Whether it's more than you owe or less than you owe, they get all of that and then that's it. Well, they have and no further recourse. Right. And there's no legal 
connection to you and the home that you used to own. And no responsibility to you. Right. No responsibility to you and no recourse. You are done and out of the picture. So power of sale in Canada is much more civilized, I like to think. I agree with you, actually. The person that's getting a power of sale, they have to go to court. They get an order that says they can sell it under a power of sale. When they do that, generally they're going to remove you from the house if you don't leave on your own volition the sheriff that we still have sheriffs the sheriff will come and remove you and why are you smiling that's such a sad well, horrible I'm thing i'm smiling because it's funny that we still have sheriffs it's like the sheriffs in the old west that's why i'm smiling okay anyway, it's it's a really hard thing if it happens it, to it somebody is. like it's probably it one of the, i mean we've got lots of clients that have shared stories of this we've helped many navigate Mm. this, which is what we're going to talk about. So they don't have to go through this process. We're going to teach them how Um, to read the writing on the wall and take action. Uh, So in a power of sale, the banks or whoever's taking that power of sale is required to try and get the most for the property. Typically they don't get high as market value because it's vacant. Sometimes it's in poor condition because when you don't have money, you don't generally maintain your home because you don't have the money to maintain it. Not always. I've seen some power sales where the property's in great condition, but most of the time it's not. And sometimes people will take stuff like, you know, as power sales, oh, I'm going to take my light fixture I put up and I'm going to take this, I'm going to take that. It actually harms them because in a power of sale, if there's proceeds above what you owe and the expenses to sell it, you actually get the excess money. But in a power of sale, if it's below what it costs to sell it and the expenses, the legal fees, the the interest and everything, you actually still owe that money. So unless you um, go bankrupt, you still owe that lender the balance and they can still come after you for that. Yeah, so it really is things that most people aren't aware of the implications of letting the house slide and not taking action when the writing Mm -hmm. is there. Because you know if you're not about to make this month's payment. You know if you're not going to be able to make the next three payments. You can start to see evidence of what's going to happen down the line. And that's when I think many of us, and I've heard this from many of our clients, it's hard to say help. I'm, I can see that I'm going to get deeper and deeper into trouble. I'm having trouble making my house payments, which is usually the last thing people stop paying. They're going to stop paying other things before their mortgage payments. So that's yeah. part of the writing that's on the wall. When you're having a hard time making other payments, the mortgage could be next unless you can see a way of getting it caught up. Yeah. And if you can't see a way out, what we see sometimes, unfortunately, is they'll have a first mortgage, they have equity on in the property because it's built over the years. And quite often it's a, a financial setback, whether it's a health issue or a job loss or something, a divorce. There's things that cause this. And then they sometimes borrow more money mm-hmm. because they can't make their payments. So they borrow more money on the house. That's a piece of writing on the wall that you're going to struggle because now you got two payments to make. And it's harder. So as we do that, as we see that happening, or third mortgage, recognize that that's saying, I can't afford the house I'm in right now. I need to make a change. And so some of the steps. Right. Well, the first step is pick up the phone. 
Like call somebody that you can trust to help you walk through it and that will hear what's up for you and help you decipher the writing that's on the wall and what's inevitable. Because what we do know is if you take action when you're still in control of the home, you're going to sell it for more money. You're Mm. going to come out financially further ahead than you would if you wait till there's legal costs incurred, until there's maintenance Mm -hmm. deferred, until there's interest accumulated upon interest. So you you don't want to be pre too early, but really you can't be too early to have the clarity conversation. And I think people choose not to take action because it's a little bit embarrassing. It's a lot embarrassing. And while you still have your home, nobody knows anything's wrong, right? And so you try to hang on to that, but it's it's really the worst thing you can do because I know your home seems like it's security for you, but if the if the financial house is falling down around you, the 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 physical house will be the next thing. So take action. I would call the bank and say, look, especially if it's a mm-hmm. short term. Hey, I'm on dis I'm on disability for two months. I hurt my back. Whatever. Can I get a recess from paying my mortgage for one or two months? That doesn't affect your credit, like missing payments. Also, it doesn't start the power of sale processes. Once you start missing a couple payments, then your bank's going to start to take action. And we've solved many people's problems by selling their home before the bank takes it. Sometimes the bank will even delay taking action if they know you've put your home up for sale. Yeah, they work with you. Yeah. Because they don't, a bank and a, even a private lender doesn't actually want to take care of your home and sell it. No, they don't want to own homes. Mm-mm. That's not their business. They're in the business of loaning money, not selling real estate. Right. And so it, you're. Yeah. yeah if you ask yeah. for a recess and you say, I'm putting my home up for sale, I am going to pay my debts off. They know that there's equity in the home. You can price it just a little bit under. Like if you're in a hurry to sell it, price it a little bit under. You're going to still do way better. And you can start over. Yes, you'll go have to rent, but at least you can rent knowing your credit rating's good and you'll be able to rent something. If you let the whole plane cross, crash, it's very hard to rent then even. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. So, so tragic things happen in our lives and we're just saying, let us help you navigate it before it's terrible. Yeah, because together we can clarify options because then wisdom will flow for you. Yetta, I really don't want to talk about this. Sometimes it's important to have the hard conversations. We are actually quite honored that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only selling, buying, and investing in real estate over 3,117 times, coming alongside you to build your fun, build your faith, build your finances, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside your relationships. This segment, we're going to discover how do you protect your real estate and your loved ones in advance of really it being required. Yeah, and as a matter, set it up. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we're even going to talk about how to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your real estate. I just realized. That's true, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And we had this conversation very recently. Like, we're going to make this one for real, for real, because turbulence happens in life. Difficult things come up. Things can go off the rails that you didn't see coming. And yet, if you're prepared, those things will still potentially happen. And yet, they'll be easier and more 
can, I don't know, I'm trying to struggle with the word convenient here, but oh, no, simpler, it's, not convenient. No, it's not convenient, but simpler to navigate. It's mitigating risk. It really is mitigating risk. And, and sometimes the risk is there. The problem occurs. It's just, there is somewhat of a solution in place, which makes it easier. And what we were talking about was we were chatting with your aunt and she, um, you know, had named you as power of attorney power of care and we asked her about her will and what did how old was her will 55 years and what blew me away was she went to a lawyer to get the power of attorney and the power of care done and the lawyer didn't ask her about her will or review her will or say hey this will is 40 some or 50 some years years old." old maybe your executor on this will might proceed you because it's your older sister. And now that you're both in the 80, or not 80, she's not 80, I put her there again. She's, she's 78. 78. <laughs> I got it. But your mother is going to be 82. Going to be 82. She's 81, my love. And so we said maybe she's not in the best position or will be in the best position since you're in good health to be your executor on your will. So you, you need to look at this. Right. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that was interesting is she thought that the power of attorney and the power of care mm. would be enough for you to handle everything. And I said, no, those documents, which are super, super important, and we'll discuss them and what they, what they each do, are super important. But they end the, meet, the, the moment you pass away those documents have no power anymore. Right. And she didn't realize that. No. Right. So one of the things we did ask her to do is put me on a bank account with her. Right. So that mm -hmm. in, in the event, cause I'm hopeful that I will live longer than my aunt cause mm -hmm. I'm significantly younger or younger enough. Um, and so having me on her bank account means that things can still get handled. So that's actually an important piece a lot of people miss. It's not part, part, of, part of the power of attorney. It's just having a second person on the core bank account that you're going to need to pay the bills. And of course, having a book. She has her book already. It's in the right place. I know where it is. I've seen it. That lists all her accounts, all her contacts, whatever needs to either be carried on or stopped as a result of her passing. So mm -hmm. having your the logistics of what goes on in your life financially and that you have relationship with in order and itemize for somebody to take right. care of for you. And let me put a caveat in here that you want to extremely trust Oof. the person that you're giving power of care and power of attorney. Now, power of attorney is usually power for property. So they can sell a house if you become incapacitated they can sell your house to support you. They can, they can access your bank accounts to, to, you know, get care for you or whatever is required. But they can also drain your bank account. Right. And that's the, the other thing is you don't want to put someone on as a second person on your bank account unless you truly trust them that they're not going to dip into it when you're not looking, so to speak. Exactly. But I want to create clarity for something you just said that yes. I said the opposite of maybe Ooh, is what you picked let's up. Let's check that. And that is because the power of attorney ends upon death, 
that's why you still need someone on your bank account because that doesn't end on Absolutely. death. It Versus, actually transfers into your name immediately. Right. Versus the power of attorney is for while you're still alive, but maybe not willing or able to make the decisions on your behalf in relation to your money. So they mm -hmm. function in two different areas. Yes. Or two different, yeah, two different times in your yep. life. And then the power of care basically mm -hmm. allows you to make medical decisions on behalf of the person who doesn't have the capacity to make their own medical condition, medical decisions. Right. So we had the hard conversation. We sat in her living room and we said, so what is it you want? When can we, when can't we, how do you want things to be handled? Because we want to do what it is you want us to do, even if it's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And it's very well written in her power it of is. care. Yeah, it is. It has her wishes for medical, you know, no heroic things if she's we don't need whatever. to explain no, but the details just, of hers a, okay not hers but typically it's a yeah, template it is it's very very templated and when you go to the lawyer you don't have to know all this stuff they'll ask a few key questions they put in the clauses that affect that are that are applicable to your wills your your desires and then your will has to then say what happens after you pass away. So the two different documents and very, very important. And yes. she was totally confused by the fact that one didn't, that the power of attorney didn't proceed or override mm -hmm. the, um, the will. The will. Yeah. And so your will takes over after death. It gives your final wishes, who gets what, what you, you know, you want to be cremated, you want to be buried, where do you want to be buried? All those things should be in there. So your trustee and even have those conversations with your trustee so that they can carry out your final wishes. Yeah. It's so important because it, it relieves the people that are left behind. It's still a burden for them all. And oh, it's still and a, and a, hard, and a very difficult. difficult time. But if you're not prepared it's even more difficult for those that are left behind. Well, because they're now trying to make decisions that they're not equipped to make and they don't really know what it is you desire them to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Even, like, we talked for maybe, what, an hour? But we got everything settled, even as to where she wanted her ashes spread. Like, And her husband had preceded her, and... She hasn't had the headspace to do anything with his ashes, so she wanted us to handle both of them. So those kind of things yeah. are the conversations that are difficult, but really show that you love your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And as Ken said earlier in the show, it also protects you because now you get to have what you desire to be honored. Mm -hmm. Right? Is that where you were going well, with and, that? Well, and the power of care protects you because right. – Maybe you decide you don't want the plug pulled <laughs> at a certain point. It, it, it just tells them how to care for you and what, you, what your wishes are. So it's kind of protecting you. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Take the time. Schedule it right now to have the not-so-fun conversation with your family. We're grateful that you joined us on Life's Inside Track because we know that when we move forward together, we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.